Episode 65, The Rant. Bryant Lassiter, women's college assistant coach, former collegiate athlete, and founder of the Long Island Tournament, Rivalries Never Die. Bryant Lassiter, a.k.a. Mook, has always played with a chip on his shoulder. That chip was able to be brushed off, which made him a successful college basketball player and a successful coach at NYIT. He also discusses his inspiration starting the tournament that showcases the best head-to-head battles over the years on Long Island called Rivalries Never Die. All that and more, my conversation with Mook, now. The rant has been brought to you by Roar Organic. Everything your body needs, nothing it doesn't. There's a reason they say variety is the spice of life. And with their new organic line comes the following exciting flavors. Georgia peach, blueberry acai, cucumber watermelon, mango clementine, pineapple mint, strawberry coconut. Ah. Roar Organic uses a proprietary electrolyte blend created with organic coconut water, organic cane sugar, and sea salt. It's non-GMO, vegan-friendly, gluten-free, no artificial colors or flavors, no preservatives, and no artificial sweeteners. Just 2 grams of sugar and only 10 calories per serving. Visit Roar.land and use the code REFEREERANT, one word, in the checkout and receive 10% off your next purchase. That's Roar.land code REFEREERANT. The Rant has been brought to you by the revolutionary product for referees and all professionals alike, Neat Tucks. What the tuck? Traditional shirt stays have been tried and true, but never accounted for those professionals that have shorts as uniforms. What do you do when you officiate soccer or lacrosse or even basketball in the summer? Don't forget about baseball umpires, too. Enter Neat Tucks, which come in style and active versions. Don't get it twisted. You can even wear them at your 9 to 5, too. Listeners of The Rant can visit neattux.com and enter the coupon code REFEREERANT, one word, and receive 20% off your initial order. That's REFEREERANT, one word. Happy tucking. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref, with a special guest, assistant coach, NYIT women's basketball, as well as the co-founder of Rivalries Never Die Tournament and the ambassador to the game of basketball, Bryant Lasseter. What's going on, my man? How's it going? Everything's good? Everything's good for me. All right, that's good to hear. So there's a crazy parade going on yes, um, downstairs. It's a gay parade. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And uh, we're at Jackson Heights, which is kind of weird for me because that's where my parents came when they came to America. And now you have a beautiful apartment. So thank me. Nice. Thank you for uh, letting me in it. Welcome to the show. Thank you. No problem. Good. Glad to have. Glad to be here. Okay, so tell me about your start. Um, what did you play growing up? What sports did you play? Did you play in high school? Did you play in college? Uh. Growing up, I started when I was about six years old, um, played basketball first. Um, I was not that good, and growing up, just playing hard, I transitioned to peewee football um, and to middle school, still played basketball, and then ran track in high school. But all years, I've been playing basketball all the way up to uh, professionally. You played professionally. Where did you play in college? College, I played at NYIT. How good were you? Uh, I mean, you were on the team, so obviously uh, you were good. Much better um, than me. I was okay. Um, I mean, to be humble, um, I ended up being the leading scorer all time at NYIT, um, which could be broken next year, but I'm glad to have that record for the past 10 years. Are you thinking about breaking their ankles so that they don't break your record? Whoever no. that g- gentleman is? No, the good thing is is that I know the kid, and he's a great young kid, and 
I hope he does break it um, because it's, it's, they need somebody new to, you know, keep, you know, change the record. So what happened after you graduated college? You ended up playing professionally? Yeah, I actually went to play for the Harlem Globetrotters for a few, few months. Um, and that was great. That was an awesome experience, um, traveling and everything. And then um, I decided to play, go play in Puerto Rico, um, played there, and then ultimately went to Ecuador. And then after that, that's when I broke my ankle. Mm. You broke your ankle in Ecuador? No, when I was playing in summer leagues out here. And, and then that's, it was a tough comeback. And then, you know, I transitioned into coaching. Yeah, I, I could completely relate to that. When I was 27 um, and I didn't have a dollar to my name, I ended up playing a lot of basketball mm. uh, in the city. And I remember towards the end of the summer, I, I sprained my ankle severely, but I was never the same mentally because right. I used to be really tenacious. But that's how you are when you don't have like a major injury or something that really doesn't bother you. Right, right. You kind of play with no fear. But once you get the mental bug, then really hard to uh, get out of that. Right, definitely. Um, so what did you do after you broke your ankle? You try to <clears> stay <throat> involved in the game? Yeah, I definitely got uh, the opportunity to go back to NYT and help uh, the men's team at first because um, the coach there who was at the time was my coach, my head coach when I went to NYT. So he gave me an opportunity to uh, volunteer, help coach, um, and just, you know, try to help the younger players and, and, and motivate them to, you know, be better, have a better work ethic uh, than what they had that during that time. In that particular junction when you were helping them, were you feeling as if you longed to play still? Because you still were kind of, not near their age, but feeling right. like you could still compete with them. Right, yeah, of course. Um, there's always, even till now, there's always a urge to, like, still want to play. Mm. Um, but back then it was it was more of, I did want to play, but at the same time, um, I had a lot going on at home. So, you know, I didn't want to just up and leave. So, um, I, you know went the route of coaching. I think it was an easier route to do because and and it was easier for me to leave basketball alone mm. playing wise as into, you know, looking to go back overseas. Um so coaching was that niche to uh help me move forward. When did you start taking coaching uh super serious? Um the following year, um at NYT, the coach decided he wanted to um, resign from coaching at NYT. So um, a good friend of mine, uh, Rob Ismay, became the interim head coach. And during that time, he um, asked me to be or help be the assistant coach, which um, I took. And even though it was a rough season, it was a great experience. And that kind of motiv motivated me to push towards coaching. What was so rough about it? You guys had a uh, rough record? Yeah, it was a rough record, but at the same time, there's a lot of players that we had that were, one of them was an All-American. Um, he got injured early in the season. Our freshman got injured uh, towards the beginning of the season, which, you know, is the player who will probably break my record next year. Um, and we had some pieces that got hurt. 
So we ended up, since the coach left, probably middle of the summer, it was hard for us to be able to recruit and get the plays that we um, could have gotten um, to be a better team. But we just ended up with the plays who we had, and, and we tried to, you know, rock out with what we had. So how did you transition from the men's side to the women's side? So after that first year with the men's team, we did um, – Rob did not uh, get the position to be full-time head coach. So um, at that time when uh, the women's coach actually – left and got a new job down in Florida. So my actual high school coach, who coached me in high school, um, became the head coach of the women's team. So during that transition, um, I actually reached out to him to see if it was possible to for me to be a part of his staff. And uh, he accepted, and from there we just started, you know, moving forward. Mm. So there's something that I wanted to speak to you about is that um, I coach a, a girls volleyball team mm-hmm. at Kellenberg. Mm-hmm. I've been coaching there for 20 years, nice. but I'm the assistant coach. Okay. And I like being the assistant coach because there's a lot of responsibilities, but I'm still not, at the end of the day, not the head coach, right. which is way more responsibilities. Right. Do you enjoy being an assistant coach or do you want to at some point elevate to become a head coach at some point? I do enjoy um what makes me uh, enjoy a little bit more is the people around me. Um, it's, it's, it's still a lot of learning that I need to do. Um, this is only, of course, with the women's team, my third year just passed. So it's still a lot of learning. Um, I respect um, our head coach uh, a lot, and I'm just trying to take as much information as I can from him and, and learn from him. And, of course, eventually I would like to – possibly be a head coach at one day but as of right now I'm not in no rush I'm still learning um still learning the game still learning what it takes to be a head coach still learning what it takes to be successful uh what it takes to uh be a successful team and it's always you know good to learn how to talk how to you know communicate with the team and things like that to uh progress um, every year. Mm. So. Um, I wanted to backtrack to your playing days and now up until your uh, current situation as a coach. What has your relationship been with referees from high school to college and then when you were in the pros and now as a coach on the college ranks? So I think um, first on in high school, um, it was good because it was like uh, a lot of the coaches who coach I see everywhere they always go to AAU tournaments and all the high school games so I kind of felt grew as a bond and as I grew into the next level they also grew into the next level so it's always good seeing uh, a familiar face especially a referee um, when you get to the next level Um, but I all a lot of the refs that you know I do remember and 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 who refs my games and everything I see him now still, and they still say hi. You still get a uh, a good conversation talking to the guys, and and I think it's great. I always had great relationships. Um, I'm not, I was never a type of player to uh, get an attitude uh, when I was a player. Um, there was, you know, some altercation, nothing crazy or bad, 
It was always within respect, just asking for a call, try to get a call. You know, I was always going to the free throw line, so it was always good for me. Um, now being on the other side as a coach, um, it's a different it's a different respect level only because now you understand the other side of being a player and coaching. You can see other things that if you was playing that you don't see mm. while you're playing than when you're just watching. Um, but the relationship I have with refs now as a coach has just been great. Um, I, there are some refs who, you know, a little bit, I don't think, um, especially when we go to those away games, it's, it's a little heated, um, but a respect, um, there's still a respect to um, each, each ref we um, have contact with. Yeah, I'm sure it always gets to the point where you respect to uh, agree to disagree right, right. at some point. Um, having said all that, with your playing um, experience as well as your coaching experience, discuss your mentors that have helped you um, in your playing days as well as your come up as a coach. Uh, if you can list them and, and just tell them about the contribution that they have done in your career thus far. Mentors... Uh... I don't want to necessarily say I had a mentor with basketball, um, but I had people who motivated me, helped me, and pushed me through, you know, um, my times that I was growing up to be a better basketball player. One of them is, you know, my father. Um, he definitely, um, even though he didn't talk as much, um, he, I could just look at him and know that, okay, I need to do something different to play better in this game and that game. Um, but also growing up, I had a trainer, uh, Jerry Powell, which was a, uh, still is an awesome trainer. And he kind of gave me uh, a confidence that um, I can be better. I can, I'm always getting better. So um, I don't want to necessarily say I had a mentor because I always felt that I was alone. Um, working, you know, and, and getting better. Um, but I know I did have the motivation of a trainer like Jerry Powell and of my father and the supporting cast, like, you know, my family members and everybody, all my friends that helped push me to get to the level that I needed to be. How about on the coaching side? Coaching, I think um, right now, which is the head coach of, you know, the women's basketball team now at NYIT, my head coach was um, Kenny Parham. He, you know, helped me and pushed me to to be to allow me to be the best I could be at in high school. Um, he allowed me to be um, in the, one of the top options, you know, on the team to produce and help the team win. Um, and he gave me a lot of respect and gave me uh, the green light to be successful, um, as well as when we got to college, uh, Coach Salagano. Uh, he is the St. Anthony's men's coach now. Um, he gave, also gave me the green light and supported me in, in all four years that I was at NYT. He's yelled at me a couple of times yeah. in games. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's, <laughs> he's a great coach, um, great person. I think he um, propelled me in, in college to be a better person, Not, I mean, not only on the court, but off the court. Mm. So... You know, I think in your totality of, of your experience playing and coaching, that probably informed you to segue and transition to start having events. Right. And I wanted to discuss 
you know, the birth and origin of Rivalries Never Die. How did you end up starting that and how you got into that? Well, a good friend of mine, which is the uh, the other co-founder, um, Alvin Vivican, um, one day, you know, we just spoke. Um, and he, growing up, he played at Brentwood, I played at Bayshore, and that was two rivalry schools um, going against each other. And we always competed. It was either it's him and one of his... Uh, and one of my friends as well, his teammate John Garcia, on the same team, and then it was me and one of my best friends, Akeem Brandehorst, growing up. So it was like a point guard versus, I mean, point guard and big versus point guard and big on both uh, teams. So um, just growing up, we competed against each other, and it just went to college where he went to Adelphi, I went to NYT. And at that time, we they, we both was in the same conference. So we would both play against each other then. Um, and then, you know, after we graduated and everything like that, um, and after, you know, playing professionally, we just came with an idea that we should have a alumni game, Brentwood versus Bayshore. And that's kind of how it started. And, you know, we was like, yo, let's just call it rivalries never die. You know, me and you always, you know, competing on the court. Um, let's try to like, you know, put it in a sense where as though um, we have the alumni teams and that we grow up with and, and and play against each other and show that we could be friends off the court, but on the court we still have that competitive nature to, you know, compete and play hard and still talk if we need to talk just to win the game, but off the court, everything is 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 just friends, family, community, things like that. Uh, so how long has it been in existence and um, where do you see it growing from here? What are your um, goals for it to, uh, do you see it developing over time? We started in 2015. Um, it has grown since then. We had the first, just one game, Brentwood versus Bayshore, as well as a youth game, PYA versus Bayshore PAL, um, and we kind of incorporated the youth um, aspect of it and having the youth games as well. Um, so it grew from one game to two games to have four teams with the alumni, and same thing with the youth. And so this year, well, last year we had eight teams, alumni, and eight uh, youth teams. And this year, we've grown to have 12 alumni teams for Suffolk um, and eight for um, the youth, as well as incorporating Nassau, a Nassau tournament uh, event as well. So in terms of rivalries, never die, what are, we, what are we looking at this summer? What's happening? This summer, we have a Suffolk event tournament, uh, single game elimination uh, between 12 teams, alumni teams, as well as eight youth teams. And then on the Nassau side, we'll have uh, eight Nassau alumni teams and eight youth teams. Now, is this going to be over the succession of a couple of weeks, or is it going to be held all in one the same it's weekend? It's going to be on weekends, separate weekends, and subject will be on one weekend, Nassau will be on uh, another weekend. So when it comes to servicing those games as officials and as well as administrators on that game, what do you look for? What are the qualities that you look for for these particular uh, events? From the refs, we expect basically professionalism, respect, as well as experience. Um, 
usually all the reps that we do get, I know or I, who ref my, in some, one of my games or I've seen ref. Um, so we usually get the refs who, who are great, um, the refs who are, you know, still, even though it's an event and it's a tournament, they're still going to give 100%. Mm. So that's those are the type of rest we look for. Um, this year we will have for the alumni game pro rules, so we just look for the refs who's energized and just looking to have fun and see some good basketball. Mm. So um, with with those things converging, your coaching as well as organizing rivalries never die. How do you think coaching has helped um, rivalries never die, and how do you think rivalries never die has helped your your coaching experience? Um, I think coaching helped me be able to organize um, the event, being able to contact as many people as, I, as I'm able to contact to get uh, participation from these communities um, and just, you know, getting the youth teams together. Just coaching just allowed me to, you know, be able to use my networking to, to get and form, formulate this type of event as well as get the gyms and things like that. Um, the event helped me be a little bit patient with a lot of things. Um, it, it allows me to see when I am coaching um, how things should be organized, how uh, things should be ran, um, because we do also have camps. We do also have uh, summer tournaments that we uh, fund. Uh, have for fundraising for our, our teams at NYT. So it, it, it gives me the opportunity to help, you know, with those type of events that we have on the college uh, coaching aspect. And on the flip side, how do you think coaching has hurt you being a event coordinator for Rivalries Never Die and vice versa? Time, um, I think that's the biggest issue because, you know, uh, my coach uh, at NYT, he's uh, – got a lot of stuff he wants us to do. So for us, um, I think the time is a big issue at times because even though I'm trying to do the event, I still have to do a lot of things for NYIT to uh, continue to have our success as a, as a team. Mm. So I, I think it's an awesome concept and especially somebody that you have been a rival from high school all the way to college. I know I can speak personally for myself. I went to Kellenberg. Mm-hmm. I always hated Chaminade. Mm-hmm. I always hated St. Anthony's, but it always comes from a, right. a place of respect. And even as a coach at Kellenberg, I think all the uni- universally, all the Catholic schools on Long Island um, always want to just beat up St. Anthony's because right. now right. They're, the, right. they're the top dog in most of the sports. But having said that, um, what do you think are the best player-to-player rivalries that you've seen over the years, whether it be locally or anything that inspires you to uh, continue Rivalries never die. Locally, um, it's hard. That's a hard one. It's been so many. Um, when I was in high school, there was a lot of, you know, um, like for example, uh, AJ Price played at you know Amityville, so it was a lot of AJ Price versus whoever, you know. It was a lot of, uh, I say. Um, John Garcia versus Akeem Vanderhorst or John Garcia or Akeem versus uh, James St. Roberts who went to Copeg 
or it was a lot of Bryant Lasseter versus Sean Smith or Bryant Lasseter versus Alvin Vivican. Um, so, you know, those type of uh, rivalries is always a, a, a talk about on Long Island. Um, you know, like, you know, Danny Green went to St. Uh, Mary's, so it was him versus whoever, who, whoever he played against. So it was a lot. In high school, I didn't really keep up with a lot of other players too much because I was just focused on what I had to do. Um, I wasn't a big-name person, so I really didn't care who uh, I was playing against. Um, but I, already, I only, only knew who were my friends and everybody else, I just, if they was good, I didn't know, and I just competed and did whatever I had to do. How about in terms of teams? What are the best teams that you've seen uh, in terms of rivalry over the years? I liked the Bayshore versus Brentwood. I liked the Brentwood versus Longwood. I liked the Bayshore versus Whitman. I liked, um, it was, I think for Catholic, I think it was St. Anthony versus St. Mary's. Um, but that's from what I remember and in college. It was Adelphi versus NYIT. Uh, NYIT versus Dowling at the time. Um, Post, uh, at the time, CW Post versus NYIT or LIU Post versus NYIT. So those were, for me, that I've seen most of the, um, and been in part, most of those um, games. Now, when you do the events of rivalries never die, do you really feel the spirit of them being rivals, or is it more more friendly than that? I do feel the rivalry because, I want to say, two years ago, um, when me and Alvin played, we this is when we just had two games. Um, we was playing Brentwood. And it was just still chirping, chirping, chirping. It's like it never ended. Right, because I, I know a few years ago, the, the year um, I had hurt my ankle, not broken necessarily, but I had injured my ankle. Um, and we played in a, a, a league, a summer league, where my, our team won the championship. But it was me, Nick Carter, and a couple other players versus Alvin, who, you know, and he had some other players on his team. And I was hurt. So... It was always a situation where he had a great game that day, probably had like about 30-something points. I had about 15 or 17, but I couldn't really do much because of my ankle. So that game, he was talking a lot of smack, talking, talking, talking. I was talking back, but I had to defend. I was like, yo, listen, you know, you're lucky. my, My ankle's messed up, you know what I mean? But when I'm healthy... It's going to be bad, you know, so he's still chirping, chirping, chirping. It was all in fun, but it was competitive. We ended up winning the championship game. And then the following year, that's when we did the ride and never die. I didn't play the first year because that's when I broke my ankle. And then the second year, because everybody kept on talking, oh, Alvin did this to you. Alvin did, did this. Alvin did that. The second game where we had, the second event, it was it was all said and done from there. Probably I killed him, you know, <laughs> killed him. Sorry, I, Alvin, I have to say it. Killed Alvin, him. you got killed. Yes, Did you hear that? Badly. And then um, after that, it was, you know, we still talked, but it wasn't, you know, I calmed down a little bit. And then 
it was after that it's, it was always fun off the court but every time we play on the court I think it's always a rival it's always competitiveness it's always talk you know and that's what I love about the game and about the event because at the same time even though um, it's a tournament it's, it's, it shows which town is the best it shows who had the better players you know, because anybody could just make a, a, a all-star team with players that you're friends with, but it's about what town had the best team, who, you know, what town had the best fan base, who represents who, and, and you know, where you grew up playing and things like that. And everybody's always saying, oh, my team was, you know, my high school team was this, my high school team was that. So we put out something where as though, Okay, get your high school team. If they still play, they still play and, and, and compete. Get the younger players, get the older players. It doesn't matter who you get. Get your team situated for the summer, and we'll find out who's the best basketball team now. I think what's cool about speaking to you is that you're a very unassuming person when it comes to the success that you've had um, in the game of basketball. Some people would love to be a collegiate coach. Some people would love to be the all-time leading scorer of their college. I would love right. to even be recruited by a junior college if I could. And I thought I was pretty good at basketball. But having said that, what do you think um, are the attributes? What do you think it took to get to where you are at this moment in time? A lot of support. Um, I think with my mentality, um, there's a lot of motivation um, of me being small, me being um, not being, people saying I'm not, able to shoot, I'm too weak. Um, even growing up with at Bayshore High School playing there, I had two other guards who um, was was wanted to to be the number one and I was grateful to be on that team because they was great players like Keith Hennett, Tyrone Robinson. They pushed me to be a better player. So every day in practice we competed, we competed and then I always got those people who you know, was a part of the team or older than me or anything like that, telling me I couldn't do this, I couldn't do that. So I think that was a big motivation for me to be a better player, to work on my game, as well as just getting in the gym, working hard, um, doing two a days, three a days sometimes. Um, and then also the motivation of uh, my peers, you know, uh, growing up with them, you know, I would see them going to the gym. I'm like, okay, I got to get to the gym or, you know, they would help me if I needed a ride to the gym. I would, you know, call them up, text them, yo, can I get a ride to the gym? They would pick me up, anything like that. Um, and just keep, you know, growing, growing, growing. Get to college, you know, just, you know, didn't want to be uh, a regular player. You know, I got a scholarship. I wanted to be a scholarship player. I wanted to um, be better than, you know, everybody else still you know, got the same thing. Everybody telling me I'm small, I can't do this, I can't do that. And, you know, I prove, you know, look to prove them wrong. Um, and then as I, you know, get to this point now, I think just right now it's a supporting cast. Um, you know, my fiance helps a lot, you know, and she helps motivate me, keep my head straight um, on being a better person as well as uh, better for, you know, the society and everything like that. She helped me um, just be a better person in general. And this, by me being a better person, it helps me um, put that into 
rivalries never die. So in terms of coaching and as well as uh, rivalries never die, where do you think you want to take both of those things? Uh, what do you think it took to get to where you want to go? And where do you want to go? Um, it's a lot of long nights. Um, I think with basketball coaching, I think it's a lot of long nights, a lot of film watching, a lot of, um, you know, late text messages from all coaches, um, figuring out what we need to do to be better as a staff, be better as a team, um, and make our players better. Um, on top of that, with the organization, we look to just keep moving forward, keep adding teams, um, keep getting the support of all of the communities on Long Island to just, you know, have bring something back to Long Island and, and, and just keep um, showing that Long Island has a lot to offer. Um, because at the same time, even though we have this event, we do look to raise awareness towards other causes um, that happens within, you know, our surrounding communities. Um, and one of the, for this, for this summer, we have the Hope for Youth um, organization coming down to the event um, that we will be um, raising awareness for and just showing support, you know, for all these communities on Long Island. What do you think is the stickiest situation have you have ever been as a player? The most stickiest situation that you've ever been as a coach? as well as the event coordinator for Rivalries Never Die? Um, as a player, um, there was one time in Puerto Rico, we had a game, and it was crazy. The refs was blowing a lot of calls, and it was an away game we had, and the team, the, uh, the crowd didn't like the refs. And it got to the point where as though we had to stop the game because the crowd was throwing bottles and everything on the court. So we had to kind of like end the game early and kind of get off the court. And everybody had to get off the court and kind of had to get everybody to leave leave the game because it just got hectic. And once one bottle got thrown on the floor, a bunch of other bottles, paper, food, everything just got um, thrown onto the court. Um, coaching, I haven't seen too much things that I've been a part of. I think, you know, with the staff that we have been with, everybody's just been respectful. Um, probably one time what got hectic was, you know, the head coach got thrown out of the game. Um, that's about it with coaching and with the event, I think... It's hard to say. I think everything's just been going smooth. Um, everybody's just been respectful. Um, it's always a family, friends type atmosphere. Um, it's just been a lot of respect from everybody who participates to all the fans who come in and to watch. So I think with Robin Never Die, there really haven't been any severe problems. That's a good uh, thing. Throughout the few years, yeah. Um, and finally, what what is the best memory that you have playing basketball? and in coaching, and leading up rivalries never die? The best memory with basketball was my sophomore year in college where we played Adelphi, which is our rivals. Um, it was a hectic game, crazy game, double overtime. I had about 40, 41 points. And the moment I made a steal, 
to kind of like seal off the game for a layup. I saw in my peripheral vision my father stand up and kind of like point at me and, and I pointed back and it was just, he doesn't give that type of emotion, especially, you know, playing, you know, watching me play basketball. So that was, I guess, for me, my best experience um, playing and doing well as well as him showing that type of emotion. Um, coaching, my probably my best experience was this past year winning the conference championship. Um, it was the first done as for women's basketball at NYIT, their first uh, conference championship ever. So it was a great experience. Um, I think this year we we um, did a lot to and we worked hard to uh, become the conference champions. So I think that was uh, my favorite uh, experience as coaching. Um, and for Rivers Never Dies, the first year just being able to have the event. I think um, the first year we had it, it was uh, a great, a great event that people came to that I didn't really think a lot of people would come to. It was a good amount of people that came down, showed support. Um, the teams came down, showed support, and played hard. Um, and it, it was just, even though I didn't play it, it was just something great to watch, something uh, around the community that I think, you know, for us made it to what it is today. Cool, man. So um, rivalries never die. We discussed it. Um, a lot. How can we find more information about it? Do you have a website? Do you have an Instagram handle? Uh, we do not have a website, um, but we have Instagram rivalries dot never dot die um, and Facebook at rivalries never die. Um, you can find all the information on there. You could you will have rosters, teams um, who will be participating. The youth teams will be participating. Um, and just the the everything about the alumni, you know, what I mean, the, the players, the the teams, the old school teams that uh, played back in the day, um, and just a lot of information of you know who's going to be a part of the event. Cool, man. Um, listen, man. Best of luck to you. Continued you. success in your coaching career, and I hope that this expands even further with your event, Rivals Never Die. I really believe in it. Um, I just love the concept. It's really cool. Thank you. Do you have any final words you want to say before we part ways? Um, just thank you for having me on here. Um, very appreciative and um, good luck with everything you have going on. And, Thanks, and I really appreciate you having me. I appreciate your time just as much. And for Brian Lasseter, this is Ralph Ref. Rivalries Never Die. The Brand. Signing out. Peace. Later.